0: So my doctors are all like, oh, you've been a runner before. It's not like this is a new hobby for you, so you're welcome to continue doing that as long as you feel safe and comfortable, stay hydrated, be smart about it. And they were totally supportive. So I kind of listened to a lot of the noise from, let's say, other people maybe that apparently think that when you're pregnant, you can't do some things. But I just approached it with a really cautious, you know, cautious approach and, I thought I was just going to run, kind of take it easy, but then I r- decided to run a half marathon like early in my pregnancy, and I'm like, wow, this is really cool, because people, I don't know, they're extra supportive, especially other moms, and they'd run past me and, I don't know, like comment about it.
1: Hello, and welcome to the 2023 season of Run My West Coast. I am your host, Eddie Klein. Run My West Coast is a show about running and racing in West Michigan. Podcast episodes feature stories from local runners and race directors, plus tips about running training. Listeners tune in to hear about the local running community, West Michigan races, and the Holland Haven Marathon. In this episode called Welcome to Tulip Time Run 2023, I'm going to go into the rundown and talk about Run of the Mill 5K, which is a great local 5K that is raising money for our Holland windmill right here in Holland. Uh, We got running tips of the month, which is running while pregnant and running as a new mom. We have a guest interview with Beth Nykirk, who is a new mom and a teacher and a runner and an Instagram influencer. So find out how having a new baby boy has changed the way Beth approaches running and other things she's got going on these days. And of course, we have our West Michigan races coming up. For May. So let's get into the rundown. And I ran run of the mill 5K. So, what a difference a month can make in Michigan weather. You know, in March, I had run 5K that was 20 degrees and blowing snow. And then in April, my 5K was a pleasant spring day. It was like 65 degrees and partly sunny. So, welcome to Michigan, right? A month later, you just never know what you're going to get in Michigan, so that was crazy that it was so different. But it was it was a very great day to have a run. It was very pleasant uh, to be out there and get some running in. It wasn't I wasn't like overly sweaty. It was cool enough that I was able to wear like shorts and a tank top. I had a buff on my head just to keep the sweat out of my eyes, which was nice. So very good. Um, the start, the start and the finish area was pretty informal. It was a pretty low key start. You know, they had a starting flag there, so you knew where you were starting, and they had some music going, so people knew where to gather. Um, not not a lot going on there, but uh, the race course was pretty flat. Uh, we were on Windmill Island in Holland. So when we started right by the little village there on Windmill Island, and then we ran a lap all the way around the Windmill Island, which goes right by the Holland Windmill. And then we took uh, Windmill Island Drive all the way out to – uh, by the water to window on the waterfront and we we ran on the bike path that goes right along the Black River there all the way to the other end of window on the waterfront on the, would be the west end of it, turned around and then we came all the way back. So it was an out and back course. Uh, there was a water station there. it was at mile one as you're going out and then it was mile two as you were coming back out. So they had water there. I ended up stopping at the two mile mark to get some water, catch my breath for about 10 seconds. So I could, uh, keep going. I definitely feel like I went out a little bit too fast in the first mile. So I wasn't too upset to stop at the uh, water station for a second there and take a quick break. I, they didn't really have chip timing and they didn't really have results for this race. So I don't know exactly where I ended up, but since it was an out and back, the nice thing about it was I could count how many people were in front of me. Cause as they were turning around and coming back at me, you know, one, two, three, four. And then, and then as I was coming back, I went, I passed a couple of people. But then when I stopped at the water station, a couple of people passed me. So I'm estimating I finished about 15th place overall, just by my count that was out there. I could have been in 10th, I could have been 20th, but I think it was around 15, about 15th place in the race. And my run time, 5K time for that was a 2330. So a little improvement over my. A snowy run I had done the month before, which is cool, I guess there was hundred and fifty finishers in the race approximately, and like I said, it wasn't chip timed, and so they did they did have a clock at the end of the race, and so I didn't wear my watch or any kind of electronics or garments or headphones or anything like that. I was running I was running you know technology free, and so I just used the clock at the end there when I got to the finish line, I looked at it, and that was my time twenty three thirty so we're pretty good. Uh, there was not a medal for this race. It was, uh, like nothing like that at the finish line. Uh, and they did have some for food at the end. They had some granola bars and then they had some water, you could, uh box water, bottle of water. And then they did give out a race shirt. Uh, it was a blue t-shirt, had the logo on it with the run of the mill, had this Holland windmill on it. So everyone got a, everyone got a shirt that ran the race, which was good. And I actually signed up really late and they didn't think I would get a shirt, but I still got one. So uh, that was pretty good. And then uh, let me tell you a little bit about uh, the the run-of-the-mill 5K and what it's about. So from their uh, website, it says, Proceeds will continue to support future programs and the ongoing maintenance that helps keep Windmill Island Gardens so beautiful. So, yeah, the money for the race all went towards Windmill Island and the windmill and everything out there. And if you haven't been out there, uh, especially being tulip time, (laughs) it's the place to be if you want to see everything Dutch, especially all the tulips. So make your way out to Windmill Island Gardens. And check that out. And if you want to do the run, you could always run out there. So it's a great place to run, too. A lot of runners run out by Windmill Island. I mean, you can't run in the Windmill Island during festival, but you can run around the parking lot and the road out there. And, and of course, window on the waterfront, too. So uh, window on waterfront, tons of tulips out there. I planted some of them myself in the fall. So I definitely recommend getting out there on a run. It's a beautiful place to go. All right. So that was my run for April. The rundown. Now, running tips of the month for this month, we're going to do a little bit differently. So, let me tell you what they are first. So, running tip number one is running while pregnant. That's what we're talking about. And the tip is give yourself grace. And the second one we're going to be talking about is running as a new mom. And the tip is be flexible about your time. Now, as most of you know, I've never been pregnant and I'm not a new mom. So, I don't really know anything about this. So, that's why... We're, we have a guest this month, Beth Nightkirk, who has been pregnant and does have a new baby and knows about running. So in the interview with Beth, you'll hear the running tips of the month about running while pregnant and running as a new mom, because she is going to go ahead and do that for us. So I had a great interview with Beth, it's Beth's second time on the show. Uh, She's been a runner in Holland for quite a few years now and a lot of people know her. She's really big on social media about her running. She does a lot of races. She gets out in the community and yeah, she, and she's a big advocate for a lot of races. You know, she really pumps up for me, Holland Haven marathon. Cause you know, we've known each other a long time and she's done it a lot. And uh, she, you know, she talked about tulip time in this interview with me, which was great because, you know, I wanted to kind of bounce some ideas back and forth with somebody. It was nice to not just be me talking about it. It was nice to talk about it with somebody else since since we got Tulip Time Run going on and uh, stuff like that. So it was cool to have Beth. Just uh, She's easy to talk to. She's got a lot of knowledge about running. She's done a lot of running. And it'll surprise you, actually, how much running she did while pregnant and how soon after giving birth she was actually out running. So it's kind of inspiring to, to really listen to Beth talk about all the things she's done as a runner. And then, of course, it was great to have her, you know, Ask me some hard questions, and I can answer them and talk about stuff I've done as a runner and stuff I've done as a race director. So get in this interview with Beth. Uh, you're going to love her. She's a great advocate for running. And uh, yeah, here's Beth. Hi, Beth. Welcome back to the podcast.
0: Thanks for having me. You Glad are the, to be back.
1: You're the first ever returning guest on the podcast. Glad and, to hear it. And by the way... The podcast you were on prior is the most downloaded episode we've ever had.
0: That's surprising, but I'm glad. <laughs> hopefully people want to listen to this episode also. So
1: people should know that if they want to hear Beth, her, her whole story, go back to October of 2021, we did the Holland Haven Marathon 2021 recap episode, and Beth and I talked all about the race uh, there and her past and her history and, and how she got started running. So all that history is there if you want to know it. And we're going to go on from there. So Beth is now a mom and a mom runner. And she has a little boy named Bo who was born right after Thanksgiving. And so what I want to know from Beth is what's it like to, one, be pregnant and running, and two, be a mom and running? So let's go back to pregnancy. Obviously, it was like however long, 40 weeks. And uh you went through it, so tell us about it. How, how does it go for a mom that's pregnant?
0: Yeah, I wasn't sure exactly how it would all go, you know. Like I wanted to have some grace for myself going into the pregnancy, but I knew I still wanted to run. So my doctors are all like, oh, you've been a runner before. It's not like this is a new hobby for you, so you're welcome to continue doing that as long as you feel safe and comfortable, stay hydrated, be smart about it. And they were totally supportive. So... I kind of listened to a lot of the noise from, let's say, other people maybe that apparently think that when you're pregnant you can't do some things. But I just approached it with a really cautious, you know, cautious approach. And I thought I was just going to run, kind of take it easy, but then I decided to run a half marathon, like, early in my pregnancy. And I'm like, wow, this is really cool because people, I don't know, they're extra supportive, especially other moms and they'd run past me and, I don't know, like, comment about it.
1: Wait, was it super obvious you were pregnant at that time?
0: Well, so, okay, right. the first half marathon I did, I didn't make it very obvious. It wasn't very obvious. But then the full marathon I did at 13 weeks pregnant, I did Bayshore, and I had a sign on the back of my shirt. Um, baby on board and oh, people just ate awesome. it up like I thought it was just gonna be <laughs> just kind of just for me to feel extra strong like okay cool no I had random strangers just patting me on the back talking to me the whole race the, the race just flew by it was just so many people oh wow how far along are you I couldn't even walk when I was pregnant you know like good for you so I thought that was just really I don't know really supporting and supportive and awesome so I kind of decided okay well I've done the half done the full I might as well just run or do a race at every race distance during this pregnancy. I didn't really tell people I was going to do that, but I just decided I was going to. So I had done the half. I did the full. And I knew it would get harder and harder, obviously, as, like, my pregnancy went on. So, like, okay, I got to pick strategically what distances I want to do. But I I did a lot of 5Ks in that time. And then I did another half. And then I ended up running 110K. And then I ran a virtual turkey trot two days before Bo was born. Oh, wow. And so I was just I just did on the treadmill, and I thought, okay. I mean, I was 39 weeks pregnant at this point, but, like, okay, I can walk, run, walk it. I ran the whole thing, felt really good, and then two days later, Bo was born. Wow. So then, of course, it was fun just to, like, even talk to the, the nurses. were like, oh, take it real easy after he was born, you know, and easing back into movement. And I'm like, okay, yep, I'll do my best. And then when they, I told them, how I ran – Ran a 5K two days before he was born. They thought I was almost joking. I'm like, yeah, it's just kind of the way I am. I just, I felt way better with movement all throughout my pregnancy. It helped me, like, so much mentally, physically. I just felt better overall. So I just uh, listened to my body, and it went really well, honestly. I thought it was pretty empowering. Everyone was, like I said, supportive, and that just made it extra special.
1: So. Yeah, it's interesting that the nurses at the hospital, like people who are not runners, don't understand runners at all. They just think we're all nuts.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's kind of sometimes how I felt when I was explaining it. But then when I've talked to runners about it, to other runners, they're like, "Oh, that's amazing!" So, yeah, I thought it was it was great. And then now afterward, I just I gave myself some time after he was born. And, wait, wait no, don't yeah, go. yeah. Sorry, I want to ask you more pregnancy anyway, questions. Yeah, yeah, keep going
1: before we get into the sure uh, post-pregnancy. Mm-hmm. So, like, at what point? You know, does it get difficult to run then? When is it when do you feel like you're really not the one the person you were before as a runner? How does it how how does it start to feel different at what point in time?
0: I think probably around the halfway point in the pregnancy, I was like just I would notice a little more fatigue after running, like a little more soreness and just a little more I don't know, it's just an awkwardness with the weight distribution, like how my body's used to moving versus now and for anyone listening to this, uh, my baby was almost 10 pounds. So he was a large baby. Yeah. So it was extra weight. uh, Just the way I carried him was interesting. So that made it a little tricky when I was, and I do a lot of treadmill running. I'll be honest. I, I actually really love my treadmill for convenience, but I just, yeah, it was probably around the halfway mark. I was like, okay, this is getting a little challenging, but I just didn't, I just stopped looking at pace. I didn't care about any of that. It was all about Listening to my body and okay, maybe some days I ran more, some days I ran less. I did a ton of walking,
1: yeah, also. I, okay. I
0: really did a lot of walking because that also helped me just feel active on days I didn't run. So,
1: did you said your the weight distribution? So, sort of like, yeah. was it like pulling you forward? Like your posture was off and stuff yes. like that? Yeah, okay.
0: yeah. Like I was, yeah, my posture was a little bit off, and I was trying to trying to, I don't know, I, like I had like a sportive like belly band thing just to like, so it was safe. I didn't feel like it, my belly was, like, bouncing all around. I was a little, like, worried at first, but I talked to my doctor about it, and it was all good. But, um, yeah, I did. It just felt like I was getting pulled forward.
1: Right, and then what happens to your foot strike on that? Like, you are you running differently on your, your heel, toe, midfoot? Do you notice anything like that, or?
0: Well, I'm kind of guilty of, I've been working so hard. I have notoriously, prior to even being pregnant, I was more of a heel striker, and I tried to work on that quite a bit, but yeah, I'm sure it affected my stride. I, even I felt like I had a shorter stride when oh, I was pregnant. Yeah, yeah shorter stride. So, um, yeah, that definitely, I noticed that for sure. But then, yeah, just feeling strong and empowered, it just kind of kept me going. And talking to other mom runners who ran during their pregnancy, they would give me tips and tricks. And uh, that just, the community was really great with that. So,
1: what happens with your? I mean, I have no knowledge of this at all. So what happens to your, like, mobility and your flexibility in that time when you're going through the pregnancy?
0: Yeah, I tried to keep up with, like, some strength training also because I did feel like my – it just – I mean, I, can, I could have just done running, but I felt like the strength helped me also with that. But, yeah, my flexibility was not getting so, so great. I mean, uh, it definitely declined during that time. But I just had to do a lot more stretching – um like especially my hips, hamstrings, just felt it more. Okay. Uh, for sure. And yeah, used my massage gun quite a bit just to kinda keep things in check. But yeah, that was that was pretty much.
1: Are you now yeah. now are you overheating more? Is it the temperature more? Is the pregnancy goes further along and you're trying to run?
0: Yeah. That's why in most of it exactly, like leading up to November, there were days another reason why I was glad to just have the treadmill is just because I didn't want to. That was the one thing my doctor said, okay, well, hey, with with the warm weather, like I did run races in June, July, and August. Those are pretty warm months, and I just went into it with just kind of conservatively, okay, don't be crazy considering the heat. Just stay extra hydrated, and besides racing, yeah, I did do a lot of treadmill runs or early morning runs to beat the heat, and that. It worked out pretty well.
1: Yeah. You ran the, did you run the 8K at Holland Haven while you pregnant?
0: Actually, I was going to, and then that morning, it just, I was, there were a whole bunch of factors, a few different factors that happened. It was lack of sleep. That was another thing that got me, actually, also okay. during the pregnancy was I, I really, my sleep has never been great, but it really took a hit, a hit towards the end of my pregnancy there. So, yeah, that did not happen, but- Yeah, otherwise, yeah, I did – I I think the race before then, though, I did half marathon in August at the Millennium Meadows in Grand Rapids. Okay. So I did that in August. Then September, I don't think I raced. But, yeah, I know. I was going to run that for the triple –
1: The trifecta medal. Trifecta medal. So you got to run – well, are you going to run – you got to run the 8K (sighs) –
0: yeah, but I want to run the half marathon this year for for, for <laughs> Holland Haven. So I'm a little
1: torn. Someday you'll get that trifecta. Model. I know. Someday. 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 But you are going for the Double Dutch Challenge medal, right?
0: Absolutely. That's so – I think it's very enticing. I think it's a great incentive for runners to do both races, both Tulip Time and Holland Haven. So definitely going to be doing both. All right. I would have probably done it even if, you know the, – the medal is extra incentive. <laughs> Good. Yeah.
1: That's yeah. that's great. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. So, all right, so then – you give birth after Thanksgiving and then how long before you can start running again? What's, what's the recovery time on that?
0: So I had a C-section It was pretty rough recovery. I mean, definitely was extra conservative mentally though, like by about three or four weeks after, after birth, I was like, Oh my gosh, I was just kind of going a little stir crazy because I'm used to movement every day really. And so I was trying to I was trying to be smart about it I I really had to be strict with myself and so I didn't get back to really any intentional movement besides walking more until January once the new year hit I was like, okay I need to get back just get back to a lot more movement in a safe way so I was cleared by my doctor I did a ton of walking in January I did almost 100 miles of walking oh uh yeah like every day Like Bo would take a nap and I would just hit the treadmill and look forward to just walking. And then about, it was seven or eight weeks postpartum, I decided to get back to running. And I just took it really, really really easy, low mileage, you know, two or three miles. Some days even one mile just for the movement. And then I decided to run. I actually forgot about this. I had a race that I had deferred from last year. This is a typical runner thing. Yeah, Had a race that I had deferred last January that went to this January. So I decided, well, I guess I'm going to run a race in January, which was only nine weeks, I think, postpartum. So oh, no. I, I just went for it. It was the Perrin Brewing has their ice jam.
1: Yeah. So how long was the distance?
0: It was just, it was 5K. Okay. Well, it's a little hilly out there. It's a little Oh, yeah. What, Comstock Park area? Comstock Park area. Yeah. yeah, it was a little hilly. But I just thought it was, I just went for fun. I just went by myself. I'm, I'm not bringing Bo. I'm not bringing, nope, it's a cold, freezing cold day. Just went just to rip the band aid off was my plan. Just, okay, I guess I'm going to do this. I'm not going to let the race entry go to waste. And it went, it went well. I mean, considering it was only nine weeks after having him, I thought, okay, cool. So since I did that, then I get this idea. Well, maybe I should do what I did in 2018, which was run a race every month. So I'm, I'm doing, I haven't really told anyone that's my plan, but I am for well, this year.
1: It's now out to like, we, it's have, now like, out we that, have like dozens and dozens of listeners to this podcast. So, so like, now, at least a dozen people know about this now. Yeah,
0: so now, you know, that's my plan. So I've ran January, February, March races, have my April, May, June races planned, and then have some tentative figuring out for fall. But yeah, yeah, well, summer and fall. Summer's not my favorite time to race. Let's get real. Yeah. Yeah. You know, with the heat. Heat is not my favorite. I'd rather run in snow than the heat. But okay. yeah, so now it's out there. Yeah. I decided, well, okay, I did this January race. <laughs> let's keep it going. Kind of keeps me motivated to have at least something on the schedule, something to train for, look forward to. I just think it's fun.
1: Right? Yeah. But you, and you're packing a lot in, right? Because you got a new baby and you went yep. back to work, right?
0: So yeah. Went back to work after 12 weeks. Was very glad to be back to
1: work. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. I'm, you know, everyone has different experiences with that. But for me, it was great to just get back to work, having a new routine, talking to other adults, seeing my students. I'm a teacher. So seeing my students again, just getting back in a new routine was really good for me. So incorporating running, you know, runner life, mom life, teacher life. It's good
1: how about sleep? How much sleep is, what's it go like with the new baby? Well,
0: okay, this is another thing that at first it was really hard because i my anxiety after Bo was born was a little high, so I took some took charge on that, took some steps to take care of that because I was always like worried, okay when's he gonna wake up next, but now I mean he's four months old now and he loves his sleep, so I don't want to jinx it by throwing this out here. But he sleeps ten to twelve hours a night. Oh wow! So it probably helps that he's a large ba- he was a large baby, and so he is a great sleeper. But I don't want to jinx that right now. But he does sleep ten to twelve. <laughs> There's hours no jinxes stretches. on this podcast. I know yeah. you're free to say whatever you yeah, want. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I am grateful, like, because every morning I'm able to wake up before school to run, so I can run on the treadmill when he's still sleeping just have the monitor there get my get my miles in I like to just get them done with in the morning and then tackle the day so
1: okay and like is your husband up and off the door early too or
0: yeah it actually just depends on the day for him with his work schedule and what time he needs to be out but we have a great system and different days that different care on different days for Bo and it works out really well actually yeah I'm really grateful to be able to run in the morning and have his support my husband's support and yeah Glad that Bo likes to sleep in enough that I can run in the morning. All yeah. right, yeah.
1: sounds like you worked it all out then.
0: Yeah, it's good. been it's been good figuring out a new routine, a new schedule that works for works for everyone, keeps me happy, keeps Bo happy, yeah. fill my cup so that I can fill other people's cup.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh, perfect. Yeah. And so you got a race a month. Yep. I know you ran leprechaun chase in march yep but you said you love snow running so that was probably perfect for you
0: it was a absolute (laughs) blizzard and i was was so glad to run that like i didn't even get out of my vehicle (laughs) i got on my vehicle like seven minutes before the race started i'm like i'm gonna stay as warm as possible as long as possible because the wind was rough that day and then um but it also helped with that that there were other friends i knew running the race okay i might as well do it right so yep, done the race a month
1: What's April going to be?
0: April is going to be she runs gr. Okay. Yep. So then you got Tulip Time in May. Tulip Time in May, and then Riverbank, twenty five k in May. Oh yeah. And so I'm excited to get back to that.
1: Oh, so you're going to be up to a half marathon by the she runs. Yeah, I which is April thirtieth. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So I just, I just, and I've, I've actually been really enjoying. I didn't want to commit to any like spring full marathon, so I'm really glad just kind of easing, easing in. Hopefully maybe do a full marathon for the fall. But, yeah, May is looking looking good. I'm eager to get back to Riverbank. It's been, I think the last time I did it was 2018, so.
1: Yeah, and they changed the finish line now.
0: Yeah, I've heard that.
1: It's down in front of DeVos Place. I ran a 10K last year. Okay. Um, which, the funny, because they changed the finish line because – they were always having bad weather at their outdoor, like, party thing all the time. Okay. And last year, it was, like, 70-degree beautiful day, and it was inside the finish party. Oh. <laughs> it's, it's like I they jinxed did. themselves and moved it.
0: I didn't even know that. So, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to get back for May. I'm really looking forward to getting back to tulip to the Tulip Time race. And it's nice living locally and being able to do that race. It's not far from my house. It's, there's so many great things about Tulip Time, that time of year, and racing in May. I, I like it. It's not Good. too warm yet. You know, it should right. be should be great weather
1: excellent so okay so one more thing I want to ask you about and every time I have an episode of this podcast we do running tips of the month and so this episode we're going to do a special guest running tips of the month featuring Beth Nykirk and I want to ask you two tips your number one tip for pregnant moms Mm -hmm. trying to run Mm -hmm. and number one tip for postpartum moms trying to run so while you're pregnant and then after you're pregnant what would you say your number one tip would be for those situations for runners
0: so number one tip when pregnant is absolutely follow recommendations from your doctor listen to what they say don't don't start don't start doing something crazy you've never done before i'd say be responsible and listen to your body and give yourself grace if there's a day you planned to run 3 miles and you wake up and you feel totally terrible you got there were days where I felt like I was hit by a bus, especially since I was growing such a large human. I, I there were days where I just had to say, okay, this isn't gonna happen the way I thought it was going to, and that's okay. So I would say give yourself grace and just listen to your body, get medical clearance, and be okay with alternate forms of movement. Like if you didn't if you don't want to run, don't if it's miserable for you, do something different. If that's any other form of like I did some just video workouts or rock, walking and that was all okay with me. So that was when pregnant. Postpartum, I would say the number one tip is just to be flexible. I guess that kind of goes with similar with being pregnant, but be flexible. Like the other day, for instance, when I did my long run, I didn't start my long run till three PM. Wow, that would have that just would have totally thrown me, you know, before having a baby. It didn't even phase me. I was like, well, this is the time where I have time right now to do this long run. I don't care that it's three o'clock in the afternoon, this is when I'm doing it, and then there's other days where I'm up at four in the morning running, and that's when I have time. So I think, be flexible. and also, just have like a find some system that works for you, and don't feel guilty. That was the other thing, is don't compromise on everything you want to do just because, oh, you're mom now, you can't do anything else. It's like, "No, that's not my only identity. <laughs> So for me, postpartum, it's, yeah, come up with a system that works, be flexible, and yeah, still, you know, still reach your goals and work towards your goals, and yeah, that's the biggest thing, is I think a lot of moms just feel like completely lost, and yeah, it's okay to find a new system.
1: So it sounds like when you're pregnant, what's happening to your body really dictates what you can do, Mm -hmm. so you gotta be... You gotta give yourself some grace, like you said. And then when once you've had the baby, it's time management. You gotta you gotta manage time but not get upset about time if it doesn't work out and just do things when you can. Yeah, so,
0: yeah. Absolutely. There's days where I run, like I said, there's days where I run middle of the day, after school at eight PM sometimes, and some mornings at like I said, four or five in the morning, just to get it done. So yeah, time management especially. <laughs> that is a good way to phrase it. Time management is a little different now with Maybe.
1: <laughs> well, congratulations on Thank the new you. baby! Thanks. So exciting! Yeah. um Let's transition now into our. We're going to talk about a race that's coming up mm-hmm. in May, and we happen to be bringing in the race director for an interview mm-hmm. and a special guest interviewer because we want to make sure the race director is able to answer some questions about the race. So, mm-hmm. our guest interviewer is none other than Beth Nykirk. <laughs> She's going to be interviewing race director Eddie Klein, which is me, about Tulip Time Run, which is coming up on May 6th. So um, it's your show, Beth. Welcome to the Beth Nykirk Running Podcast.
0: Okay. Well, thanks for asking me to do this. I really appreciate it. Um, Does it matter what type of
1: uh, it's your show, direction Beth. I take? No, it's your okay. show, Beth. You can ask okay. me. Do maybe. you want
0: to talk about yourself a little bit as a runner and how you got into race directing?
1: I can do that. Okay. Yeah, I can do that. Yeah, that'd be good. Um, I started running in middle school. Basically, it was one of those gym class, run the mile, and I was a pretty good runner, you know, like a sub-six-minute miler. And then it was kind of, okay, so the gym teacher was also the track coach, so he's like, all right, now you're on the track team. And, and then cross-country team in high school. So, yeah, I ran through high school and uh, pretty much took to it really well. And I was pretty motivated to train on my own. I was always a kid that would go out running, even middle school, high school, put miles in. Um, I, you know, I got like a, one of those old school weight lifting sets for my bedroom and I would like, then didn't know anything I was doing, but I wanted to lift weights and, and do pull-ups and do push ups and run. And so I was always a workout person my whole life. It just kind of was, I don't know how it happened. It just kind of naturally ingrained in me. And so, yeah, it worked out well that I did that. And then uh, I went into the military and there's a lot of running and basic training and all the training we do there. So that kept me going that way, the physical fitness part of that, and then. Once I got out of the military, I I mostly ever, for a long time in my adult life, probably through my 20s, I only ever did like 5Ks and 10Ks. I never did any long distance running. It never even really occurred to me. And then in 20, it was either 29 or 2010, my wife decided to do the riverbank run. And she she joined the Gazelle Sports running group in Holland. And we lived somewhere in Grand Rapids at the time. I'm not sure, can't remember which house we lived in there. But she would come out to the running group every week and, and do it. And I'm like, I don't know why you're doing that. You know, you don't need to be in a group. You can just go out and run. It doesn't make any sense. I didn't get it. I just didn't get it cause I had never been part of it. And then, and I had never run a long race. She was training for the 25 K with this group. And I, you know, I was just like five K's what, what else? So I was like, right at the finish line when she finished that 25 K and I watched all these people come in and sh- and she came across the finish line, and that inspired me to no end. Like, I was like, wow, I can't believe she ran that far, and all these people are running that long of a distance. I'm like, I will be at this race next year. I'm running this thing. Like, right from right there, yeah. I was like, I'm going to be a long-distance runner. And so I think I ran my first riverbank in, in 2010. I think that was my first ever, like, the next year I ran it. I, like, ran the 25K. And so, yeah, I got all excited about it, and then I, I probably ran it four or five years in a row. But the, the funny thing was – I didn't know much about marathoning either. And, of course, after running the 25K, I'm like, there's no damn way I'm running another nine miles. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's, yep. There's no way. But then I looked at my time. Somehow I found about the Boston Marathon. Okay. I looked at how, what, my, what my pace was for the 25K and looked yeah. at what it took to get into the Boston Marathon. I'm like, oh, shit, I can do this. Yeah. So yeah. I probably should do this. So that inspired me to, like, okay, can I make it to Boston? And so that's where I decided to become a marathoner. So then I started training for marathons. And my first marathon was in it was in 2010. It was the Bay Shore, And I ran. And I did qualify for Boston. Awesome. But the crazy thing was, way back then, they didn't have, the registration wasn't as streamlined as it is now for Boston. Oh. It was just like, they just opened it up at once for everybody at like, whatever day in the morning. Yep. And I had a full-time job. I had to be at that day. And so I couldn't even get online and start trying to register. I got home from work at like 6 o'clock, and oh. it was already full. The day it opened up. So it wasn't like staggered like it is now. So I, I qualified on a really hot day at Bayshore oh. and did not get into Boston because the, the registration cl- closed up, whatever, it filled up. So I had to wait for a whole other year. Wow. So I ran to Bayshore again the yeah. next year. <laughs> yeah. Qualified, qualified again. again. Okay. I did. I yeah. did. And then I finally got into Boston. And then I ran Boston Marathon in 2012, which was a super hot year. It was like 87 degrees when we started. Misery. And the crazy thing about that year was, too, it was the first time in Boston history it had been so hot that they let people defer for the weather. Very interesting. It was so hot. But people who deferred from 2012 ended up having to go to the 2013. You know, in 2013, the bombing. Yeah. So people that left the race I was in and they actually ended up in the so they had to defer again to 2014. Yeah, so crazy ah, story there.
0: That is crazy.
1: So yeah, then that's you know I got been into, into long distance running and I did end up joining I going back I did end up joining the Gazelle group with, yep. with Jen and, and running. Jokes on you. And running and then I actually ended up being one of the, you know, helping being one of the part-time coaches of the Gazelle group. So I started <laughs> helping with that and all that stuff. So yeah, that got me into running, long distance running. And then how did I become a, you know, I've run some other races, but how did I become a race director was really the Boston Marathon inspired me. I, I was so blown away by the fact that I went downtown at like five in the morning and got on a bus and rode the bus all the way out to Hopkinton to run all the way back to Boston. I just thought that was the coolest experience. Like we're all on the bus. We got our gear, a bunch of runners. It's, it's quiet. It's dark. Everybody's just like going out to, to run the race. And you get out there in this little race village. We hung out. and We ran back. I'm like, we got to. I yeah. want to do that. I want to have a race like this somewhere. I want to do it. Um, and I just got my wheels spinning a little bit and uh, started thinking about a couple other things. Like, you know, I live in Holland now. Why am I always going into Grand Rapids to run these long-distance races when we should just have one in here in Holland? Mm-hmm. And we have this beautiful lakeshore. Why aren't we running along the lakeshore? So it all came together for Holland Haven Marathon. I just started brainstorming it. And then decided to just make a race in 2014. It just kind of to came together.
0: And the rest is history.
1: The rest is, yeah, 10 years later, here we are, the 10-year anniversary of Holland Haven.
0: Oh, that's awesome. Especially since you took some of those things like the bus ride. I like that. Like, you took that from Boston. You can, like, do that in Holland Haven, too, and take the bus, the start line. I like that, too. I think that's, I think that's great. It's one of the best. It is the best fall West Michigan, especially on the lake It's Perfect weather that day always. Such a great race. Yeah, and the yeah.
1: uniqueness of it. Like the bus, you don't get that in many places.
0: No, you absolutely don't. And the fact that it's point to point, I love that also. Oh, it's just great. Well, that's a, that's a good story. Thank you for sharing. Yeah.
1: So, now, so you know, now I'm back to running 5Ks and 10Ks again. Like, I've given up the long distance running. <laughs> I've retired from that. The last long distance I did a tw- – must have been before the pandemic. Yeah, 2019 I ran a 50-mile ultra. And that was my last ever, like, long race.
0: What ultra was that?
1: Uh, it was called, oh.
0: I mean, was it, was it, it was Michigan? Called the,
1: yeah, the Hungerford Games in Big oh. Rapids.
0: Oh, I haven't heard of that one. It was a great race. 50 miles?
1: 50 miles, yeah. Mm. I finished fourth place, by the way.
0: Oh, my gosh. Overall. That's inspiring, though, because I've been more interested now in the trail racing ultra world. And that's a, that gets my wheels spinning, too. Yeah, it was yeah.
1: Really, really fun. You know what? It was kind of boring, the training. I mean, I love being out in the woods and the trail running, but mm-hmm. it was very singular on my own training because there's not a lot of groups to run with right. to do trail running. Yeah. you gotta do, you got to do a lot of your miles on the trails to be used to it. So that part of it got a little bit boring running through the woods a lot. Mm-hmm. But overall, it was a great experience, yeah.
0: Wow. So you claim you're not going to go back to long distance.
1: I'm pretty sure I'm not. <laughs> uh, 5K, 10K is plenty for me. Okay. Yeah. yeah.
0: That's good.
1: But I am trying to do what you're doing is run and race a month.
0: Oh, you are? Yeah. I didn't know about this.
1: I mean, I didn't start in January, though. Well,
0: <laughs> okay. you can start now. Starting in March.
1: I ran a race in March. Okay. And well. then I got to run a race, you know, well, I'll, by the time this podcast yeah. comes out, April will be over. I will we'll run an April race and then May and, yeah, some, something.
0: What know. race do you run in April?
1: Well, you know, I'm still deciding. There's either the run of the mill oh, yeah. in Holland. Yep. Or there's Hearts in Motion over in Zealand.
0: Oh, I've heard of both of those. Yeah. Yep, and the run-of-the-mill, that, that's an, is that a newer race?
1: I think it is, yeah.
0: Okay, I wanted to do it, but I have something, I have obligation I think that weekend. That's,
1: I think that's probably the one I'll do. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: I mean, you might as well. It's and I mean, if you're listening Holland to this now, race, yeah. I will
1: have done it already because- this, Oh, good point. <laughs> we're recording this way before the race act, that race, so yeah. That's true. It's kind okay, of,
0: so yeah, and even if someone's listening, it's not too late to start the race a month. No. Technically, if you wanted to do it for a year, even if you started in June, you could do it, you know, 12 consecutive months in the next
1: year, too. true. So. I'm not much of a winter runner. I'm not like you. I'm a big baby about it. Oh in fact, I
0: love the winter running. I
1: <laughs> I pro- have probably I mean in the year twenty twenty three total, I've probably run outside maybe ten times. And that was when I was in Miami on vacation.
0: <laughs> I don't want to run in Miami. I'm in I repeat. So
1: I yeah. That like for me to go out and do that leprechaun chase in that snow was like a big deal for me.
0: I don't know how I didn't see you at that race. Uh, I don't but, know either. I mean I don't know where you were. Yeah, it was very probably cold. Probably because you know what? You got very your, cold and windy. You
1: got out of your car seven minutes before it started. That's exactly right. I live right down the street. I just jogged down from the, my house five minutes before it started mm-hmm. and just, then I went just right back started, home. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I that's probably why you didn't see me. Probably. I didn't hang probably around. Why.
0: Okay. So then how did the races you direct go last year? How, how did they go?
1: Yeah. So let's start with Holland Haven. Yeah. Um, it was a lot more normal yeah. than the previous years. Right, So 2020 was very abnormal, and then 2021 was kind of a transition year. In 2022, I feel like everything was very much back to feeling like the old days mm-hmm. and not a lot of changes that went really good that way. Uh, had A good turnout, over 1,000 runners, as usual, which was great. A lot of spectators come out. I mean, people just know that that race is going to be popular along the lakeshore now, so we get a lot of people coming out, a lot of funny signs, a lot of good – encouraging signs and stuff like that so I think that that's always fun I think a lot of people know about the race so and the community just embraces it you get a lot of we get all our volunteers from local area you know 150 volunteers it takes to put on the race so that that came together well yeah a lot of fun and um the weather was kind of a little bit rainy it started out okay in the morning and then it got a little rainy but actually we we kind of finished the race right before the rain got really bad. So we were lucky. And so it was, it was a little bit humid, not, not super hot, but a little bit humid. So it, it, went, it went good that way. Um, yeah. I think overall, you know, I got a ton of good reviews back. Um, it was 9-11 last year when we did the race. So that was, that was a really big deal about the race. You know, I'm part of um, Team Red, White, and Blue, it's a veterans organization. And so we featured a lot of veterans last year. And you know, we had an actual uh, a live singer for the national anthem at the start of the 8k which is the first time we've ever done that which was cool and so yeah it went it came together really well to be able to celebrate uh 9-11 and kind of that veteran part of it and memorializing that so that part i loved a lot people loved it a lot our t-shirt was a was a flag shirt uh with uh with the logo in there which was cool and i i thought that was really good and uh, we had some we had some food at the end I don't know if you're going to ask me some of this stuff specifically, no, but it's
0: fine. That's, that's I'm just I rambling on. Yeah, that's fine. That's the whole point. Of so
1: course. we actually had, got to have like some real food at the end for the, okay. f- you know, that we grilled up hot dogs and handed it out to people. And mm-hmm. so we had some free food and family families could eat and stuff like that, which was nice to not have to just like, Oh, grab a granola and bar run and go as home. fast as
0: you can. Or yeah. Leave as fast as you can. Yeah, you can so actually enjoy that post race. Yeah. Experience. Very there.
1: satisfied with it. And, uh, you know, I'm always trying to figure out a way to make the race better. Mm-hmm. We kind of peaked at 2019. We were I mean, we were even in the Civic Center in 2019. We had this great venue. It was really cool. Um, And then 2020 hit, and I went back to zero, right? It's like I'm starting over. So, and we were lucky. I mean, 2020 barely had a race. We were lucky to have a race. We were very
0: lucky to have a race that year, but that's what made it all so unique is that you did have a race in 2020 since there were basically, there were a lot of loops, a lot of hoops you had to jump through. Oh, yeah. And, but all of your emails, and every time I'd, see like an update i was like okay is this race happening Is this happening (laughs) but you made it happen though
1: i mean the funny thing is like i spent you know i start planning the race in october all the way to september and like put all the website together all the emailing all all the details of it and then like three weeks before the race the health department's telling me all these changes i gotta make like every week and i'm trying to redo all the stuff in three weeks when i usually take a year to get done that was nuts well, from,
0: from an outside perspective, I think it came together really great. It was probably a lot of stress on your end, but it was all worth it. Was, it. It, it was worth it. I was so Absolutely. glad the brothers
1: got to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. So do you want to talk a little bit more about Tulip Time Race? Yeah. Since so, that's coming up, coming up on May 6th? Yeah, let's
1: get into Tulip Time Race. Yeah. So Tulip Time Race, this is my third year being the director. Uh, 2021, I took over. It actually went virtual that year, unfortunately. The uh, health department didn't want us to have a race, which was crazy because, like, two months later, all restrictions in Michigan were, lo- were lifted. So the Tulip Time Festival in 2021 was a little bit restricted. We didn't have as much stuff as we would normally have. And in 2020 and 2021, 2022, back to normal. Mm-hmm. Um, everything felt good. Uh, I actually got to put on the race for real. And You know, I've, I've been on the race committee since, like, 2018. And so I'd, I'd been working with the previous race director and been part of some of the meetings and known kind of what was going on. And so having that background helped me as a race director know what's, what I'm doing. And then I pulled in some, some race staff from my Holland Haven staff. I pulled in my wife, who's like my anchor. Um, and there were some other, there's some, some other people on staff who have been around for a long time on Tulip Time staff. So I had them, them telling me, hey, here's what you got to do from before because you never did it before. So it's kind of one of those things like you don't know what you don't know. Mm -hmm. And so I just asked a lot of questions, and I just, you know, set my ego aside and had to be humble and say, hey, I don't know everything. I'm the race director, but I don't know everything, so I need help. And relying on the other people that had been here before and people that had race experience really helped me put the race together.
0: So what if people want to register for Tulip Time, what distance options are there? What, What events are there available? So
1: our 5K is our biggest event. Um, that will be about 2,500 people this year, I think, about. And then the 10K is our second biggest event. We'll have over 700 people in the 10K. And then there's also a kids run. And there's two divisions for the kids run. There's eight and under, and then there's five and under. So they can do different distances. The five and under run like a quarter mile. The eight and under run like a, a half a mile. And then there's also a virtual 5K, virtual 10K. So... A lot of options uh, for Tulip Time Run. And the registration, you can go on the you know, Tulip Time website, or you can go to runsignup.com slash tulips and find uh, the registration for the Tulip Time Run very easily.
0: What kind of course would runners expect if they decide to register?
1: Not a single hill. <laughs> Zero hills, <laughs> I can <laughs> tell you that. That's
0: enticing for a lot <laughs> yes. of people, right? <laughs> it
1: is flat as it gets. Uh, we're, just, we're just on the south side of Holland uh, right by Lake Macatawa, so it's a very flat area. You're going to you're going to take off from Collin Park, and you're going to run down by the Heinz Factory, down South Shore Drive a little bit, and then south down by Holland High School, and then back up um, Washington Ave, which is Boulevard, Washington Boulevard, which is where the tulips are. That's the tulip lane. So all through tulips, once you get about halfway or a little more through the course, even down by Holland High School, there's tulips on the whole route. So that's pretty cool because... You're running through the tulips literally, and you're going to yeah. see thousands of them. So once you get coming around Holland High School, up Washington, and then 12th Street 12, 12th Street Boulevard is another boulevard that's got tulips all down the middle of it. And so runners are going to be running through tulips the entire route. So it's a loop course. You run all the way around the loop. And, uh, yeah, right through the tulips. And if you're doing the 10K, you're going to do a second lap. So if you're a 10 k out there, make sure you don't go through the finish line on your first lap make sure you go on the other side of the boulevard and not through the finish line you got to you cross that finish line on your on your second lap and the kids run is an out and back right by the park so they don't like go very far away they just quick down the road and back
0: and it is very spectator friendly i would say because it's you know right in town so i feel like that's great for yeah. people who want to cheer on their family or friends that are doing the event i think that's what makes it extra special is you can park and walk to the course and easily access it you know and bring your signs and your bells or whatever else you want you know to to cheer on your runners i think that makes it special
1: yeah and uh all them streets along the side streets along there it's all free parking you can park anywhere in front of any house on the side street so it makes it really easy to do and then yeah a lot of the community comes out they know about it Uh, one of the things i incorporated into the run when i took over was spirit stations so we now have three specific spirit stations on the course where there's people cheering for you every like okay. every mile. Cool. Big groups of big groups of people with music and noisemakers and loud stuff. So signs. So yeah, we have that going on out there to really get people amped up, which is fun.
0: And it's the first weekend of Tulip Time. Yes. So it's that's a, it's a good the, kickoff. I feel yeah. like a great kickoff event where people can if you're not local, you, that's a great reason to come come to Holland, run run the Tulip Time, you know, race that morning and then you can enjoy Tulip time while you're here. Yeah, the other festival. Events, the festival, yeah. The artisan,
1: we, the artisan market is that same weekend, so you can go do that. And then all, you know, all the other things that are going on with tulip time, the immersion garden, um, the, the concerts, the walking tours. The fireworks are the next weekend. The, the parade is not till the next Saturday. There's a Thursday parade and a Saturday parade, which I am actually going to be in the parade this year. I'm driving the truck pulling the tulip oh, time float. Okay. So if you're looking at tulip time float and you're looking for the driver, you'll see me cool. uh, in the driver's seat of the truck.
0: Awesome. What? Um, so at Tulip Time Race, what can people expect at the finish line or, you know, at the end of the race, what can they expect?
1: All right. So, yeah, we got a great race village uh, set up in Collin Park, which has a lot of good stuff. So it, it's actually not just at the finish line, but it's actually on Friday night as well. And so we have our, our packet pickup. You can pick up your packet. You can get your bib, all that. You can sign up late all the way until a half hour before the race starts um, if it's not sold out. Yeah. Which could happen. Which could happen. By the way.
0: So people listening need to register as soon as possible.
1: Yes. So we'll have that. We'll have the t-shirts. You can pick up your t-shirt. If you bought a t-shirt, there's a tent for that. So all that's ready and available. Uh, we have a volunteer check-in there. So if you're a volunteer, there's, there's a dedicated place to come and figure out what you're doing. So we don't have to worry about uh, figuring out where to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have an awards table that's being put on by Holland Running Club this year for us. So look for the Holland Running Club. They're going to have your awards. So if you've got an age group award, we do age groups, um, three deep, all the way up to 75-plus, all, and all the way down to, you know, kids, mm-hmm. 18 and under, below that even. So we have a lot of age group awards, and you get a nice little medal that says 5K or 10K age group award on it. So we have the awards table there. Uh, another thing we're doing this year that I just – brought on what we're going to do is a merchandise tent so if you want to get some tulip time run merchandise this year you can get it right at the expo you don't have to go to the tulip time office you don't have to order in the, in the mail mm-hmm. we're going to have uh the run t-shirts are going to be there we have stickers for the run from this year that are going to be there we have car coasters those little ceramic coasters mm-hmm. that you put in the bottom of your cup holder in your car yep. so your bottle sweats we have those with the tulip time run logo we also have ceramic ornaments, uh, little ornaments you can hang on a tree or hang up for decoration somewhere in your house. So we have a few little items. It's kind of a little starter kit of, of merchandise that I'm trying to see how it goes for the first year and then uh, for sure try to expand it, you know, as, as we get our feel for it as years go on. And uh, look for that merchandise tent, look for Gazelle Sports because Gazelle Sports is running that for us. So they will be out there with their tent and their people Doing our merchandising, so they're taking that on for us, which is really cool.
0: That's great. So then you said Holland Holland Run Club is doing the awards awards, and will they allow runners to register or to like join Holland Run Club? Oh yeah, if they for want sure. There, yeah, so absolutely. That's another opportunity to join if you've been dragging your feet or not sure. You could register then for Holland Run Club also. Yeah, if you want, go you right want to, to their do that. T-
1: go right to their tent and talk to them. and You'll meet a lot of great Holland runners from the local community. In fact, we're gonna have. Um, like 15, 16 vendors out there total. So there's a lot of vendors out there that you can go see, different businesses, different corporations. Uh, the military is going to be out there. Holland Haven Marathon is going to be out there with our tent. Uh, we have some merchandise for sale from Holland Haven. We also have the Double Dutch Challenge medal on display. So
0: they can see it in, in real life. If you want
1: to see the Double Dutch Challenge medal, come to the Holland Haven Marathon tent because we'll, we'll have it there and you can see it.
0: And then when they see the medal, they're just going to want to register because right. why not? It's a perfect opportunity if you're already at Tulip Time Run. And then the, I think what makes the Double Dutch Challenge extra special is that you can run any distance. You, don't, you, know, you can do any distance for Tulip Time and any distance for Holland Haven and still earn the medal.
1: Yes, even virtual. You don't even have to live here. Like I literally had a guy... From Indiana, register for the virtual Holland Haven and the virtual Tulip Time on the same day because he's just like, I want to get the medal. He's not coming. Yeah, but you can do that. So we made it super easy and we'll just ship it to you. After Holland Haven, once you've done Holland Haven, we'll ship you the medal and all your swag and you'll get it all at once. Yeah.
0: Yeah, Tulip Time, you have to see. that it, It looks even better in person. I can see it now. It looks better in person than even online like it's it's larger (laughs) than i expected
1: yeah it's i mean it's as good as it's the size of the palm of your hand yeah absolutely i think it's four inches in diameter the Mm -hmm. double dutch metal that's pretty good size metal it's great with the windmill
0: and the tulips on it the colors it's all great
1: yeah i think it really plays into the the look of holland it's kind of that dutch look to it yeah
0: yeah so they have to so when you come to the race then you can yeah Register also for, for Holland Haven while you're there. Yeah. I think that's great.
1: So the one thing I didn't mention at the end of the race in our little area, we have refreshments. So once you get done running, we're going to have water, food, um, for sure, like bananas, oranges, granola bars, other kind of snacks. I'm not sure what our vendor is going to give us yet. Um, AD Boss supplies a lot of our food, and they kind of put together a menu. So when it shows up, we'll know. But they can, everybody can definitely get food and uh, replenish after they're running. Mm-hmm. We also have a gear check that's put on by RLS Hut, which is our trucking company. So we'll have a 53-foot semi-trailer out there. You'll see it. It says Hut, really huge on it. And so you can check your gear. If you have anything you don't want to run with, Mm -hmm. bring it over there. Uh, Excuse me. The U.S. Air Force is actually going to be operating that for us. So come out and talk to the Air Force. Check your gear, and they'll take it, tag it for you. You're going to have a tag right on your bib, so you can tear off the tag Give it to them. They'll pin your bag. And you don't even have to have your own bag. If you don't have a bag, we'll supply a bag for you. Or you can use your own. We don't care either way. And then when you're done running, go back and get your gear. So sure. that's an option, too.
0: And did you say you're going to have a, a did I hear a photo booth?
1: Yes, we are going to have a photo booth on Saturday. That's great. Uh, right next to the merchandise tent, there's going to be one of those little photo booths you can cram in there with 20 of your sweaty running friends <laughs> yeah. and get photos.
0: That's great, though. And people a, love a great post-race or pre-race photo or family photo if you have people in your family doing the kids' run. Yeah, and then you know, adults maybe doing or older, ki- you know, older kids in the family doing doing the 5K or the 10K. I think that's a great, yeah, a great way to get a nice photo.
1: So that photo booth will be out there on Saturday, and everything else that I just said is out there except for the photo booth is out there on Friday. Friday, our packet pickup is four to seven. That's when our expo is on on Friday night. We won't have the photos on Friday, but we'll have it on Saturday. But one thing we're going to have on Friday that we don't have on Saturday is Kona Ice is bringing out a shaved ice truck. Oh, and so. You can get a free, like, cone of ice. It's kind of like a snow cone thing yeah. with the shaved ice, and they put the flavor on it. We're going to have that out there on Friday night during our, during our expo for anybody for free who wants to get one. So just come out and, and get a shaved
0: ice. And the expo on Friday is also right down by the park as well? Yes, it's the same location, okay, same so you don't location. have to move. Oh, that's really nice. I think that's helpful for people to visualize, okay, if you, if you come out for Friday for a pack of pickup, then you know... Where to go on race? I think that that alleviates a little bit of stress and anxiety. Also, yeah, so you can see the parking situation. Whereas sometimes you, if you do a race where packet pickup is in, you know, one area a, or a different store or some other location, and then you're like, wait, where is this race starting? I think that just causes a little bit of confusion. Yeah. So I like how you have it all very centrally located, and you can't miss. Even if you're not local, you can't miss. I mean, the park is a great location yeah. for starting and finishing. I think that's going to be great. Uh, one thing that. haven't talked about is the charity you support
1: okay well tulip time is our i mean tulip time is a nonprofit, and so the tulip time festival itself is a huge part of holland michigan right it brings in millions and millions of dollars of economic impact so the money the money from the tulip time run is all part of keeping tulip time festival going so um you know the the local businesses the the people of Holland, all the surrounding areas, they all benefit from the Tulip Time Festival. And, and, you know, there's a lot of Tulip Time Festival events that are ticketed, like the concerts and um, selling booths for the artisan market and selling, selling run registrations. But there's also a lot of Tulip Time Festival events that are free, like the parades are one of our biggest events, yeah. but it's free admission. Dutch Dance is one of our biggest events, but they're all free admission. So it takes a lot of money to put on a festival this size. There's a lot of logistics that go into it, a lot of stuff. Um, you know, even our office space, we got to pay the bills, we got to keep the lights on and pay rent. So, Tulip Time Run, you, by you signing up and running that, you know, in addition to cost for the race, you know, I have to pay for tents and I have to pay for the timing company and all that stuff. But the other money that's left over that, it's going on to make the festival as a whole happen. Right. And so, that's, that's really what. We're and longevity
0: doing. of Tulip Time.
1: Yeah, the longevity of Tulip yeah, Time, absolutely. which is helping Holland and West Michigan have this huge impact on our economy over here and, and help everything as a whole. Yeah.
0: Okay, I like that. And then is there any way, so we talked about with registration, you're looking at, you said more, it sounds like more numbers for the, currently you have more uh, runners uh, registered for 5K. You yes. Think, do you think that will sell out first?
1: Maybe. Maybe. It's hard to say. Okay. Um, we're going to get really close on selling out this year because in a big part of it is. just basically how many medals can we get and how long does it take to get them? Because right. you have to, med- you have to order medals about 10 weeks ahead of the race. So I ordered them quite a while ago oh. and it's not like I can just be like, Oh, we need more last minute. And right. we want to make sure every runner who finishes gets a medal. We didn't even talk about the medals oh, yet, yes, but, absolutely. Um, the 5k and the 10k potentially both could sell out this year. And that's, it's just, that's comes down to metal count. And you know, I, I predicted we'd have about 500 more runners this year than we did last year. And it's mm-hmm. going to be pretty close to that. And so, you know, we did, we did figure it was going to increase over time. And, you know, we, we were coming back from pandemic of nothing. And we bu- we've been building up the numbers slowly over time. So it's getting, it's getting there. And I hate to turn people away, but there's only so much you can do as a person who's got to order something that comes all the way from China on a boat. Right. right? right. <laughs> that's just like, <laughs> that's real life. Yeah, absolutely. And so, um, yeah, that's just kind of how it goes there.
0: Is there any current live discount code or will there be or is there any way is, is that a possibility
1: there is a discount code oh if you just use the word uh tulip time that's actually a discount code okay so
0: hopefully people listening hear that then. you
1: can yeah you can definitely uh, save on your race registration if you haven't registered already when you when you check out um yeah do you want to talk about the medal a little bit absolutely okay. yes that would be so, great so um 2019 was the first year we ever had finished medals at at Tulip Time Run, and I'm telling you why it was a big debate. I was on the committee. I wasn't the race director, but we went back and forth and back and forth. Should we spend the money on medals? Is it worth doing the medals? You know, do we want to do them? And finally, you know, pulled the trigger, did the medals. Well, then what happens in 2020, bought all these medals, no race, got canceled. So we had all these medals left over. And so I came out in 2021 and took over the race. I said, okay, what we can do is we can just cut the ribbons off the medals, buy new buy new ribbons, put them on the metal. So that's what we do. We replace the ribbons. And then uh, the one thing I decided when 2022 came around, I'm like, oh, we just have this kind of, our, uh, the ribbon on the metal was just like orange or it was just white. It was just a color. It was bl- whatever. And I'm like, every year we make a big deal out of Tulip Time Festival is there's this poster. Yeah. And we do this big poster reveal in February and fr- at First Bloom and we talk about the winning artists and all this stuff. I'm like, why not incorporate this poster into the Tulip Time run? And so last year was the first year we did that. And then this year, again, we've done it. And so I've taken our winning poster and had our medals company, Maxwell Medals, who's awesome, put the poster design into the ribbon of the 5K medal and the 10K medal. So they're very unique. They're not just your basic everyday colored. They're going to match everything that has to do with the Tulip Time Festival. And then, yeah, the medal itself is a nice little circular medal. It's got the Tulip Time run A little Dutch man on there running with the little Tulip logo. So, yeah, it's a good finisher medal for a little 5K, 10K. And uh, don't tell me, buddy, but next year we're going to be upgrading that because next year is the 95th anniversary of Tulip Time Festival. Wow. So we will be redesigning the entire medal and the ribbon and everything. So there's going to be an upgrade coming next year. We're going to change it up a little bit. And so you're going to see something new coming up in 2024, which will be cool.
0: I think, people, I think people are extra – there's extra – it's extra enticing to be able to do a race and get such a great medal and add to the collection. And this year, you know, with the Double Dutch yeah. medal also. Yeah, the colors are great just in terms – I didn't know it was coming from the poster.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: That's very unique. I think that's a great way to also – I'm sure the artists. Appreciate that as well. Yeah, yeah. I'm
1: sure they do. Yeah. yeah, so that, yeah, once in a while I have a good idea I like that. No, I love <laughs> that. That's great. You know, I think it looks,
0: it's extra, it's extra unique for sure. Um, okay, so then what is the best resource for race updates?
1: Okay, so this year we started a Facebook group for Tulip Time Run. In the past, we'd always, they'd always started a Facebook event mm-hmm. and then we posted a little bit of stuff in there, and it wasn't a lot of information there. So this year I decided to start a group where we could get more interaction. I could put more updates in there. Get So if you haven't joined our Facebook group yet for Tulip Time, do that, because I put a lot of information in there about what's going on with the race, pictures of medals, pictures of the shirts, all this different stuff that's going on. So that's a good resource right there, and it's easy to find, Tulip Time Run, on Facebook. And then secondly, the most information is on RunSignUp, runsignup.com tulips I put, I put together, everything together on that page. I put out a ton of information. There's an FAQ section. Again, there's pictures of a lot of different stuff that's going on. There's, there's links to a lot of things in the FAQ section if you can't figure out how gear check works or if you want to know about having your dog at the race, which is not allowed, or your stroller, which is, is, which is allowed, but we want you to start in the back. So if you're walking, um, just stuff like that. So, yeah, run sign up is probably the main source to get that thing. And then if you're a registered runner – You'll be getting emails from me with information. I'll start sending out. I'll be sending out emails in the last couple of weeks leading up to the race, and of course, this podcast. I talk about Tulip Time Run a lot on this podcast. So, some some sources out there to find out what's going on with uh, the Tulip Time Run for sure.
0: And I think it's also if someone wants to volunteer, what would be their best way to go about doing that?
1: So, on the main Tulip Time Festival page, there's a volunteers link that takes you to all volunteers for all the festival. And then you can search and find run specific volunteer options if you want to be part of that right through there. It's on Volunteer Hub, yeah.
0: And how many volunteers would you say you need just for the race?
1: For Tulip Time Run, uh, there's about 100 volunteers. A lot of them are in the like registration, bib, pickup, Mm -hmm. packet pickup, T-shirt area because we do have a lot of last-minute registration, last-minute stuff. So there's a lot of people huddled in there. But we also have two aid stations on the course, which we didn't talk about that. Oh, yeah. There are two aid stations, um, one, you know, like at mile one and one at mile two. Yep. They have water. And then there's, you know, a dozen or so volunteers out there. We hand out water, which is supplied by Gordon Water, one of our sponsors. We also have uh, the cups from Hiccup Earth, which are the blue silicone cups that are recyclable and reusable, so cool. we don't make a bunch of trash. I order 8,000 cups for this race wow. alone. Um, even though there's not that many runners – with the 10K people doing two laps, they're going right. to need two cups of water. Yeah. And so that makes it where i got to have a lot of cups. So, yeah, so we do that. So there's a lot of volunteers in that way. Like I said, there's those spirit stations. There's course marshals at all the corners. Yeah, there's at least 100 volunteers uh, going on for a tulip time run.
0: Okay. So if someone is maybe injured or they just want to be helping out and help the running community, they can volunteer if, even if they're not running.
1: Yeah, if you want to just be a part of it.
0: Okay. Is there anything else you want to add about Tulip Time or Holland Haven?
1: No, I think uh, I think we covered it. We it's been a long talk, so yeah, we've we've got a lot of information out there, and I uh, I honestly appreciate you coming out here and and asking me some questions.
0: Thanks for having me. It again. got it got me
1: thinking. So yeah, uh, some some things I don't always think to say. So it's good to have someone to bounce ideas off of, and then uh, go from there. So yeah, we'll uh, I'll see you out at the race. on on race day and on May 6th, that Tulip Time Run then. That
0: sounds great. Thanks All right. for having me.
1: Yep, thank you. Thanks. So if you know Beth, you know, look for her out at Tulip Time Run or Riverbank Run or, of course, Holland Haven Marathon or any other race this summer that she might be out there and, and say hi to her. Or if you don't know her, go up and introduce yourself. I'm sure she'd be glad to meet you. She loves talking to runners, gets to know runners and stuff like that. And, of course, follow her on Instagram, Beth underscore Nykirk underscore running. She's got a lot of content out there about running and stuff like that that she puts out. So that's really cool, and uh, it's a good way to get to know her and and see who she is. I I really appreciate her coming back on the podcast again. It was great to see her again and talk to her. I hadn't seen her since the baby. And so, yeah, really cool to have, uh, you know, that connection here in Holland with uh, some local runners and, and get people like that on the show. So yeah, I really appreciate Beth coming on the show and telling everybody about her experience. And hopefully if you are pregnant or if you are a new mom, you got something out of that where you can, you can relate a little bit and it'll help you, you know, in your running journey as well. All right, let's get into our local race calendar and all races coming up for May in West Michigan. Of course, I got all the links to the show notes for all these events. So if you're looking to sign up for it you want to get more, more information, just click on it in the show notes, take you right to their information page and you can get all the information you need to know. Uh, number one, I'm going to talk about tulip time run, you know, it's coming up. Uh, there's 5k, there's 10k, there's a kids run that is in Holland. It's on May 6th. And so, you know, Get on out to Tulip Time Run. Tulip Time Run is the second largest 5K in Michigan. It's a big event. We have thousands of people coming out to run to see the Tulips. So I highly encourage you to come out, enjoy the festivities, go to Tulip Time Run. It's the kick off the Tulip Time Festival, which is a nine day festival. So hit that and then get on out the Tulip Time Festival and enjoy everything else that goes with it for the whole week. All right. We got a bunch more races coming up in May. We got the Beer Stillery 5K in Comstock Park on May 6th, Foster the Family 5K in Grand Rapids on May 6th, Spring Fling 10K and 5K in Kalamazoo on May 6th, Heroes for Hope 5K in Grand Rapids on May 7th, Riverbank Run 25K, 10K, and 5K in Grand Rapids on May 13th. Now, one thing about that race, I ran it last year and I did a rundown episode of it, And that was Season 2, Episode 4 in 2022. And the title of that episode was the State of the Race Holland Haven Marathon. So if you want to go back and listen to Season 2, Episode 4 of this podcast and see my experience at Riverbank Run last year, get a feel for it, see what it's like, go back and listen to that episode. Okay, we got Run for the Buds 5K, 10K in St. Joseph on May 13th. We got Defender 5K. One-and-a-half-mile and kids run in Hudsonville on May 20th. Kuboskiak. I'm not sure if I said that right. Kubaziak maybe. Bulldog run in 5K in Ravenna. That's on May 20th. Lori's Place 5K run. Oh, sorry. I didn't say that correctly. Lori's Place 5K run, walk, and rock in St. Joe on May 20th. We got the Spring Stampede 5K in Grand Haven on May 20th. 4 Shore Adventure Run in 5K. 4 Shore Adventure Run is a 5K, I should say, in Muskegon on May 20th. Now that one I plan on doing myself, and I've done it before. And what it is, it's it's a it's almost it's kind of like a Spartan race, but not quite as hard as a Spartan race. But it's on the beach in Piermarquette Beach in, in Muskegon, and it's a 5K, but you run. In the sand, and then you do a bunch of obstacles. You go underneath like ropes and you climb over sand dunes, and they got these big pits and you go over logs. And so it's really, it's really a fun race. I'm looking forward to doing it again. I haven't done it in a long time. So check that one out if you're into those adventure type races. Also, we have the Armed Services Marathon, Half Marathon, and 5K in Grand Haven on May 21st, the Mighty Mile, One Mile Run in Grand Rapids on May 23rd. Kickoff to Summer 5K, One Mile and Kids Run in Grand Haven on May 27th. Ambucks Memorial Day 5K in Jenison on May 29th. Run to Climax 7K and One Mile in Climax, Michigan, May 29th. And then, that's what we got for May, but I have a couple other races coming up. The Holland Blueberry Run 5K in Holland on August 15th. That is a run that is being put on by Holland Haven Marathon and Bowerman Blueberry Farms. And it's a 5K out at the Bowerman Blueberry Farm. And we're running on the Holland Haven Marathon course for a portion of the, of the 5K. So come on out, uh, get a 5K in, see some of the Holland Haven course, hang out with some Holland friends, and check that one out on August 15th. And I'll be getting more information about that as we get closer. And then Holland Haven Marathon is coming up September 10th not that far away. End of the summer. So summer's here, a lot of races, get excited, get out there and run. And, uh, we'll see you on race day. Thank you for listening to this episode of Run My West Coast. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast, like it, and share it with your running friends. Your support of Run My West Coast and the running community in and around West Michigan keeps the runners running. You are truly appreciated I am grateful for the chance to share my thoughts with you. Thanks again and see you on race day.